Yeah! Hey, good morning, Trace Church. It's great to be with you guys uh, today. Again, my name is Patrick, and um, I feel like I need to start out by um, just saying congratulations, you made it. The first day of kind of cold weather and snow, and I know living in Colorado, you should, um, you should be acclimated to it, but it seems like every year, the first time it hits, it just, it's real easy to just cancel whatever your plans are and stay inside. So congratulations, you made it. Glad you guys are with us. I'm really excited about this series, and we're going to jump into it pretty quick today. But um, what, what I'm excited about is that over the course of the next few weeks, I think we're going to learn a lot of new things. But I also think that uh, through the course of this series, we're going to have to unlearn some things. Because we already have some preconceptions on a lot of these topics that we're going to talk about. And uh, don't, don't get me wrong, like um, I'm not going to try to offend you with this statement, but our preconceptions actually become misconceptions a lot of times. The way that we imagine things aren't always the way that it plays out. And so we're excited because over the next few weeks we're going to get to unpack just some biblical truths on this. Um, in physics... There are string theorists that say that there are up to 11 different dimensions. And I'm not really sure about all that. All I know are three dimensions, time, space, and coffee. Those are the only three that I'm really familiar with. But here's what I do believe. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is something beyond what we see in this world. And that's what this series is going to be focusing on. And I want to give you our topics up front and maybe just some generalized thoughts on each one of these topics um, that we're going to unpack. Really, in a lot of ways, this series is going to build upon itself from week to week. But we're going to start out with the topic of heaven. How many times have you caught yourself saying, man, this is heaven? Maybe it's um, that brief moment of peace and quiet in an otherwise real hectic day that you just... Breathe deep and say, oh, this is heaven. Maybe for some of you guys, it's a full day of watching football and nobody telling you you have to stop. Like, this is heaven. For a lot of people, um, it might be the bottomless fries at Red Robin. It's just, it's just heaven. Got a few responses. Um, just this last week, um, I live up in Monument, and it was, uh, it, our first snow was a few days ago. And I'm sitting inside of our house doing some studying, and we still have the beautiful fall colors outside. And then the snowfall on top of that. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And we had a fire in the fireplace. And I've got an old record player that I like to listen to. I have, so I have Frank Sinatra playing on the record player. And I'm drinking coffee. And I literally said this to my wife. Babe, this is heaven. This is heaven. We're going to be talking about heaven. Um, on the other end of that spectrum, we're also going to be talking about hell. Um, let me see if I can capture hell for you. If you had to drive through road construction on your way to work every single day for the rest of your career, how many of you guys to you, that would be hell. <laughs> that would be hell. If the Patriots were to win another Super Bowl, that would be hell. That's just the way that it is. Um, but here, here's the thing, seriously. Hell is real. And we're going to be talking about that next week. Uh, then we're going to shift the topic to angels. And uh, for me, again, personally, when I see like my girls dressed up, looking all beautiful, in my mind, I'm thinking, they look like an angel. Those are the kinds of thoughts that we attribute to angels. But, but also within that same thing, if you've ever had somebody help you in a very desperate situation, you might have said something like, man, they were an angel. They were a godsend. And we're going to be looking at the reality of these mysterious beings called angels. 
And then lastly, uh, finally, on the week leading up to Halloween, we're going to be talking about demons. And I don't have to say much about demons because I think I can capture it in three words. You ready? Fire ants, mosquitoes, and cats. That's all I really need to say about it. Um, Listen, putting all of my lame attempts at humor aside, uh, there is a, a, a genuine and a natural fascination and intrigue with these topics, the supernatural things, and we're, um, each one of us probably have our own thoughts on them. As you came in today, you probably had uh, some thoughts on those, and we want to take these topics head on. And so in this series, we're going to give you some biblical perspectives on the supernatural topics. And I do want to say this, there's no way we're going to be able to address every question. Uh, and quite honestly, uh, we don't know everything about these topics anyway, so there's no way we could answer them even if, even if we brought them up. But Scripture does give us some areas of certainty, and we're going to take those uh, over the course of the next few weeks because there's something I'm, I'm really confident in, and that is this. How you perceive the supernatural will affect the way you live your life today. And I think that you're going to see that as we go throughout this series as well. There's a lot of people that have questions about what happens when I die. Questions about the eternal. And today we're going to take on the topic of heaven. 80% of Americans say that they believe in an afterlife. And I believe that they want to believe that when their um, exist, like, like they want to believe that their existence doesn't come to an end when their natural bodies die. They want to believe that there's something on the other side of this life. And they want to believe that that something is better than the world we live in right now. And they would call that heaven. Have you ever had one of those moments where life hits you so hard right now that you're ready to go to that next step? You're ready to leave this world behind, and you're ready to to just ask God, "Take take me to heaven, take me to the next life. I'm ready for it. I've heard it said that from heaven, the worst life on earth is like one night in a bad motel. I don't know about you guys, but I've certainly had my bad motel moments in life, those times when uh, I just think, man, Jesus, I'm ready to go. Uh, One of the early church leaders named Paul um, evidently felt this way as well. He, He wrote that to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And he, he was stuck with this turmoil as well. He realized, man, as long as I'm here on this earth, I'm able to fulfill God's call in my life, and I'm able to bring his truth and his grace and his love into, into this world. But man, to die would be a big gain. Like maybe you felt that way before. Like, Jesus, I'm just ready. I'm just ready. I don't know about you, but I, I, I do, I would start out with this question. What does heaven look like? What does heaven look like? My wife, uh, when our kids were younger, my wife, Lanitha, would uh, have them sit down and she would do uh, heaven drawings. Maybe you've done this before, maybe you've done it with your kids, but she'd have the kids imagine what heaven looks like and then they'd try to draw it out on paper. And then later on, she would also take them through, they would call it heaven walks, and they would just close their eyes and, and they would imagine what heaven was like and try to picture it as they took a walk through heaven. One of those times, um, my wife just uh, pulled this out the other day and showed it to me. Um, my son, Braden took time to draw heaven, and he meticulously, and took forever to do this, he drew boxes, and he drew tons of boxes. 
And my wife said, what? Like, what is this? Why is this heaven? And he goes, well, those are storage compartments because in heaven, everything's going to be organized. How many of you guys, that would be heaven to you, <laughs> right? Uh, that's my son, Braden. There was another time when, when I was talking to him about heaven, and he said, he said Dad, are there going to be animals in heaven? And uh, I said, not cats, but um, I said, I think there's going to be chickens because for me, heaven's going to have hot wings all day, every day. So there's got to be chickens somewhere along the way. But let me, again, seriously, um, let me phrase the question this way. How do you picture heaven in your mind? How do you picture heaven? When you picture heaven, are you floating in the clouds? Uh, are there literal streets of gold and pearly gates that maybe you've heard um, stories about or read scriptures about? Maybe for you, heaven is a place where the ocean just touches the sky and it's just a perfect 72 degrees every day. Maybe that's heaven for you. Maybe heaven is a mountain stream cutting through a canyon and the fishing is awesome. Like, like do you fish all day long? Is that what heaven is when you think about it? Um, is it a place where you no longer have the financial struggles that you face every day in this world? Maybe heaven for you is a place where um, you're not battling fear or maybe sickness. Maybe that's, maybe that's how we, we picture heaven in our minds. Most people have some kind of an idea of what heaven is like, that their thought, their their images, if they were to draw it, if they were to describe it, you'd hear some of those things. Here's what I want to look at today for just a moment. Sometimes our conceptions of heaven don't paint an accurate picture of reality. And it's not that those things we just talked about um, aren't going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to have a mansion on the beach. I don't, like, I don't know if that's going to happen. But Here's one thing that I do know. Pearly gates don't make it heaven. If you had enough money that you could, I don't know why you would do this, but if you had enough money that you would pave a street in gold, guess what? That place wouldn't be heaven because gold streets don't make it heaven. Your mansion on the beach doesn't make it heaven. There's only one thing that distinctly marks heaven as heaven. And that's the presence of God. It's God's presence there. Some of us have got to flip around just the way that we, we view heaven or we conceive it in our minds. And we need to, rather than thinking that heaven is a place where God lives, we need to picture it as heaven being his presence. Wherever God is, that's heaven. He's the one who makes it good. He's the one that makes it beautiful. He's the one who makes it exciting. You could take all those things away, all the pictures that we just described, you put God there and it's heaven. You take God out and it's not. And that's where I want to start today with our one thing. Heaven is not about a certain place. It's about God's presence. Now, don't misunderstand me. Heaven is most certainly a place. Jesus said that he goes to prepare a place for you, an eternal place. He's preparing a place for you. And we're going to be able to relax there. We're going to be able to enjoy it. We're going to be able to explore this place forever. It's a place. But I want you to notice the rest of what Jesus said, and, and we capture this in John chapter 14. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready... 
I'll come and get you. And here is the most significant portion of this. Why? Why is he preparing a place for us? So that you will always be with me where I am. See, heaven is marked by where Jesus is. The reason he prepares a place is so that you can be with him forever. It's his presence that makes it heaven. Now, you might be asking a question, and this is actually a a really good question. Why is being with Jesus forever so significant? Why is it a big deal? And I want to try and answer, answer that question for you. I, I realize that, that there's probably a lot of thinking behind that kind of a question. I want to try and answer it as simply as I possibly can, though. And it's because Jesus is the source of everything that this creation wants and needs. Joy, peace, love, Fulfillment, adventure, they're all found in him. These things that we spend our whole life looking for, searching for, working for, they're actually found in Jesus. And we have the opportunity to spend eternity with him and experience these things in abundance forever. We have the choice of being with him or we have the choice of being separated from him. Now, separation from God, um, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but being separated from God for eternity, that's what you call hell. Being with God for eternity, that's what you call heaven. See, it's all about his presence. Is God there or not? Now, when it comes to eternity, it's important that we understand this. We don't choose a place, we choose a person. Right? If you were to have a multiple choice, if you were to have um, A or B, it wouldn't be heaven or hell, it would be the presence of Jesus or not. That's part of the shift that needs to happen in our thinking. We're not talking about a place. We're talking about do we want to spend eternity with Jesus? Do we want to be in his presence or not? That's the question. And this world is intrigued with with this topic of heaven. I really think that understanding it today is really going to affect, again, it's going to affect how we live our lives. And so there's some things that I want to be able to jump into today. Um, and I think I need to lay the track in front of us first. There's two things that we're going to um, be talking about today. And one of them is a spiritual realm and one of them is a physical realm. The spiritual realm is where God dwells. The physical realm, earth here, that's where you and I live. It's where our bodies live and, are, and breathe. I've also heard them described as uh, the source realm and the shadow realm. I think that's actually a great picture for us because we recognize where everything comes from. The fact that the this, this spiritual realm that's hard for us to sometimes put our brain around is actually more real than the place that we're sitting in today. That's hard for us to comprehend, but I like it's the source realm. This physical world that we live in is the shadow realm. And I want to frame heaven perhaps in a new way for you today. Jesus talked about heaven in a few different contexts, and I want to look at those together. The first is what you might call present heaven, heaven as it is today. As you and I sit in these chairs here today, heaven is like this. God dwells in this spiritual realm that we talked about. And again, though it's hard to believe, it's it's a more real place than where we are today. That place is called heaven 
it's the location of his throne. It's, it's where all his grace and truth flows from. And the Bible tells us that when we leave our body, we're present with the Father. In other words, when we've made Jesus the center of our lives and we die, we are immediately ushered into the presence of God. We leave this physical world and we go to where God's presence is, and that's, that's called heaven. That's heaven as it is today. Our last breath here is going to be our first breath there. And Scripture says that we, we remain there until the fullness of time. In other words, God has a lot of things that he still wants to accomplish in this world today. There's a lot of things, a lot of plans he still has in this earth. And that's, a, that's really a whole other topic for another day. But at the completion of all these things, when God has finished all of his plans for this earth, there comes a moment when time ends and eternity begins. We're no longer on the clock. We're no longer counting the days. Time ends, this earth ends, eternity begins. And God has finished everything that he planned for this world, and we cross over that threshold into eternal heaven. So eternal heaven, if we were to try and, and capture this, um, it's pretty magnificent. It's all the imagery that you read about in Scripture. Like that's the place that Jesus said he's preparing for you. He spent a long time preparing this place. And so whether or not there's literal streets of gold or, or pearly gates, I'm not sure. If that's imagery, if it's trying to paint a picture for you, uh, for me, like if that's something to help us or if there's literally going to be streets of gold, I don't know. But I do know that Scripture says there's no way that we could even imagine everything that God has planned for us and that he's preparing for us. It's a, it's a magnificent place. Everything there is greater than anything here. That's heaven. And I want to help just shape this context just a little bit more for you today. Um, presently, this earth is a, is a physical place. And presently, heaven is a, a spiritual place. But the Bible tells us that in eternity, that the barrier is removed between these two, and the physical earth and the spiritual heaven become one forever. That's what eternal heaven looks like, that the barrier is removed and that they are joined together forever. One of Jesus' closest followers during his time here on earth uh, was named John. And John was given this glimpse of heaven. And then he tried to capture it in writing. Have you guys ever gotten a picture that you tried to find the words to articulate and you just you struggle with it? Like John captured all of these, the, the, this writing to try and capture the, the, the images of heaven that he had received. And, and um, it became the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And here's what he writes in the book of Revelation. He said, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. The dwelling place of God is now joined with the dwelling place of people forever. Like that is eternal heaven, what scripture talks about. And we get to experience this unhindered, full presence of God forever and ever. And it's hard to get our minds around the word forever because it doesn't have, you can't quantify it. What does forever mean? Well, I can't explain it very good either, but here's, here's my best attempt. It means that we, there will never be a time when we're not with him. There will never be a time where we're not in the presence of God. Now, we come to this um, 
one of these contexts that Jesus actually talked about a lot in Scripture, and that is heaven on earth. And when I say heaven on earth, it's hard for me because I always have these lyrics from these horrible 1980s pop songs. Heaven on earth is in a lot of those. Um, but that's not what this is about, okay? Heaven on earth. Jesus inaugurated heaven on earth here when he came to earth. If heaven is about God's presence, it's not about a place. When Jesus came to this earth, he brought the presence of God here. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he said, the kingdom of God has now come upon you. Now, let me back up for a second. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I have come. Jesus, I have come. And the kingdom of heaven is now here. And then he said, and now it's upon you. And then he said, and it's within you. Because it's about the presence of God. Heaven is within you, which means that the presence of God is within you. When you invite Jesus into your life, when you, when you ask his presence to come in to your life, it's, it's heaven that's coming in to your life is, is, what John, uh, is what Jesus is talking about here. And there was a, a, a writing in the early church that said when you make Jesus the center of your life, you become citizens of heaven. Even while you're living here, you become citizens of a, of a spiritual place. So I want to challenge you with something. And that is this. Heaven on earth first happens in you when you ask the presence of God to come into your life. But then it happens through you when you invite the presence of God into your world. Now, what does that look like? To invite the presence of God into this world. Well, it looks like this. It looks like praying for someone when they're sick. Praying for someone when maybe they're, they're just struggling. It's been a really tough day. And you invite the presence of God into that place. Maybe it's just speaking words of affirmation over them. Maybe it's at your job when you've got a big decision to make on your team and you say, guys, would you take just a moment with me here? I just want to invite God's wisdom here. Like, we want to hear from God on this decision. You're inviting the presence of God into your place, into your home, into your office, into this world. That's what Jesus is talking about. Anytime you invite the presence of God into your situation, you are ushering the kingdom of heaven into this world. And so that's what Jesus's vernacular is. That's the imagery that he's painting is that you, listen, Heaven has come to earth, and now it dwells inside of you. The presence of God is inside of you, and you can bring the presence of God into this world. It's heaven on earth. There's a lot of people in the world today that are looking for a glimpse. Maybe you have been in this place before, you, and you're saying things like, I just want to see, I want, I want evidence that there is a heaven, God. Could you just give me a picture of that? There's a lot of people who are just looking for a picture of heaven. Give me a glimpse of it. And the truth is that heaven in part is already here. It's God's presence at work in your life. You could usher the kingdom of heaven into this world just by allowing God to use you in these ways. Man, I've missed so many opportunities in my life to do that. Miss the opportunities, miss the recognition that part of what God wants to do in me is something that he wants to do through me as well. Heaven on earth first happens in us and then through us. And so let me ask you this question again. 
What does heaven look like to you? What do you picture? Because heaven's not this typical place that you can go to. You can't get in a car and drive there. You couldn't even get in a spaceship and fly there. That's not what heaven is about. And how we view this affects our life. It affects how you live right now. If we understand heaven as the presence of God, it's not simply a place we go to, it's actually something we gain. We don't go to heaven, we gain heaven because you don't choose a place, you choose a person, and that person is Jesus. That's what heaven is about. And if there's one thing, like as, as, as I'm getting ready to wrap up here today, if there's one part of this, this message that I want you to really just grab a hold of, it's these next couple of moments. Because I think these next couple of moments are going to paint a more accurate picture of the reality of heaven than the rest of this sermon. And it's the picture of this. I think all of us would admit that we're not perfect, that we have mistakes, that we have sin in our life. But the story of heaven really started with Jesus who said, I'll take that sin for you. It was a choice that Jesus made. It was a choice that God made of looking at us and saying, without help, these guys are stuck. Without help, there's no way that I'm going to be able to spend eternity with these guys. And so Jesus, you're going to need to help them. And so Jesus took our sin and when he took our sin, he took the penalty of sin as well because the penalty of sin is separation from God. And I want you to hear this. God had to separate himself from his son. When he took the sin, our sin, the, um, in fact, history tells us that Jesus took our sin all the way to death, all the way to the grave. He went all the way to death for us. And in that moment when he took our sin, the Bible tells us that God had to separate himself from Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus. Yet why would he do that, you might ask? Here's why. Again, he had to separate himself from sin, and Jesus took all of our sin. And I want you to see this picture, again, of, of, of what heaven represents. Jesus not only took the penalty of our sin, like, as in death, but he took the penalty as in the separation from God. He took our sin and he had to go through separation from God so that we would not have to be separated from God for eternity. That's what heaven is. Heaven is the reward of what Jesus did for you and for me. He made it possible so that you could be in the presence of God forever. If you're here today, I just want you to recognize, like, you can make a forever decision of inviting the presence of God into your life. And maybe this is, a, this is a, again, a new way of looking at heaven, but it comes to this same place of what Jesus did for you is more indescribable than the place heaven is. And I just want to give you an opportunity today. Maybe you're here and you're listening and you're just saying, man, I've never asked the presence of God into my life. Maybe, maybe you have, 
Maybe you did a while back and you, you said, God, I'm going to let you lead, and then you took the lead back. I, I get it. But here's what I, here's what I want to encourage you guys to do. In this next moment, I want to give you an opportunity to just say yes to Jesus again. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. Maybe it's new for you, but I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because in the next couple of moments, this is just a holy moment between you and God. That's it. If you guys would take a moment, just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you are here today and you, um, you're ready to invite God's presence in your life, I'm going to invite you to pray this simple prayer with me. And it's not magic words but they reflect the decision that you're making in your heart. It's a choice that you're making to invite Jesus to be the center of your life and invite his presence in. I invite you to pray this prayer with me. And you say, God, I thank you for your great love for me. I thank you for the opportunity that you made for me to spend eternity with you in an amazing place called heaven. And Jesus, today, I ask that you would forgive me for my sins that you would become the center of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.